Hello, hello everyone. My name is Nyla and I want to thank you for tuning in. This is Greener Thoughts and it's the podcast about environmental news, commentary, environmental facts, proactive ways you can protect our planet and more. This episode topic is all about how to prep your preserved homemade foods. Greener Thoughts is produced every Sunday and Thursday. I'd love for you to favorite Greener Thoughts, review Greener Thoughts, and lastly, share Greener Thoughts, especially your favorite episodes. All of these actions will, of course, spread Greener Thoughts to others. To contact Greener Thoughts, you can send me your voice message to anchor.fm forward slash Greener Thoughts podcast forward slash message, or you can send an email to greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. So we're going to start off with some uh, episode announcements. There is only one in particular, though, and I just want to say happy holidays to all. And I have a really big surprise. And it's really just an easy place to find all the other um, guest spots and co-host spots I've done uh, with fellow Anchor podcasters. So all those on Anchor um, who I've gotten a chance to um, be a guest on their show or who have had me on um, their show um, with other podcasters doing special things there, I have uh, all the uh, links to all the episodes I've been a part of with all of them, and I'm so excited to go ahead and share them uh, with you all. It's been a long time coming, and I, I can't wait to uh, share it with you, and it took uh, 20 or so minutes to get the link right and be able to share it and everything, so I will put that in the show notes for you all so you can check it out. So we'll have everything, um, a few guest interviews I've had with others, um, co-host spots um, with really great, uh, you know, podcast hosts. Again, um, you know, Jim from Too Many Podcasts, um, Angelica from her podcast, a little bit of everything with me, um, the Coupon Cream Pin from CQP Moments. There's just so many different, um, you know, podcasts out there, and I'm so thankful and happy that uh, I've gotten a chance to link up with them, and they are amazing at their podcast. I love it. Um, and so, again, I will link uh, that special uh, document with all the different uh, website um, uh, podcast episodes, so you can check it out for yourself. And I want to thank all the uh, podcasters I've. I've had the chance to go ahead and uh, collaborate with and it's been an honor and I want to thank them so so much so thank you and I really hope that you love all the podcast links and you support uh, those fellow um, anchor podcasts So our next segment is in other news which is just a quick dose of what's happening in today's world. So the first environmental headline is all about Greenland. Greenland ice losses 
rising faster than expected. That headline was found on ScienceDaily.com in the Science News section. And so it is about Greenland and how it's losing ice seven times faster uh, than in the uh, 1990s. And so research findings uh, that were published uh, mid-December um, in the journal Nature actually shows that Greenland has lost uh, 3.8 trillion tons of ice since uh, 1992, um, and that's an extreme excessive amount. It's enough to have uh, sea levels globally uh, rise by 10.6 centimeters, or millimeters, I should say. So it's really small, but quite a big impact. And that ice uh, being lost uh, lost rose to uh, 335 billion uh, tons per year um, in 2011. A um, prominent researcher um, with um, connections to the data, Professor Shepard um, of the University of Leeds, and who uh, mainly led the research, said, quote, on current trends, Greenland ice melting will cause 100 million people to be flooded each year by the end of the century. So 400 million in total due to all sea level rise, end quote. The next headline is all about this Spanish firm that is doing big things in Australia when it comes to renewable energy. So shovel ready. Spanish firm to put 500 million into Australian wind and solar farm. You can learn more about that story on theguardian.com uh, via uh, the link on environmental health news, or um, uh, is, is otherwise known as um, ehn.org. So the Spanish uh, energy giant uh, Iberdrola. Um, or Iberdrola, um, is investing half a billion dollars, so $500 million, um, in wind and solar um, farms uh, in South Australia, and a big one for sure. There's many more projects to come, though, so um, be ready and you know look out for what news they have as far as their projects. They're doing uh, construction um, as far as... Um, the, the plant itself and it'll start in 2020 and then the plant is to be completed uh, by the later half of 2021. There was the um, Arbordrolas, um the company the uh, country manager his name is Fernando uh, Santa Maria and he said um, of the project, I quote, I think corporate big customers are becoming more and more interested in decarbonization, getting cleaner sources of energy for their pro projects for their consumption, end quote. And then the third and last headline is all about the California utility. Yep, you guessed it, PG&E. So inside a California utility, mandatory blackouts amid wildfire threats and bankruptcy. You can uh, check out more of the story on WashingtonPost.com. And it was found via the Environmental Health News 
a website there, so ehn.org. So regarding PG&E, in late uh, November, actually recently, it was notified um, of closing uh, close to 250,000 uh, people, um, their, their counties, in um, 19 uh, different places. So it was um, set to contact all those people, and it did, about uh, the, um, the ways that their power was going to get shut off. So PG&E, of course, um, back in January 2019, actually declared bankruptcy um, after an estimated uh, $30 billion in liabilities. So a huge amount uh, in liabilities there. And they were actually connected to the wildfires that took place in 2017 and also in 2018. Um, I did talk about a PG&E quite a few times earlier this year. Uh, those fires were connected and resulted in um, 86 people uh, dying um, as a result of the fires, almost 90 people there. So recently, um, in December 2019, a judge actually signed off on PG&E's plans to pay um, the $13.5 billion um, to the uh, wildfire uh, victims. Um, with also $11 billion going to insurance firms. So this uh, topic is a new one for me. I uh, thought that I would talk more on it and it, um, get sort of an overview and some really cool tips and uh, know-how when it comes to um, canning food and preserving food and the source for uh, this news comes from uh, MNN.com, so Mother Nature Network, um, and it's a really great site. I do love it, and uh, I use it for uh, all of its wonderful news content, um, and sometimes, you know, breaking down step-by-step uh, -step, uh, in list form um, things that are bite-sized and that we can all um, sort of gravitate to. This subject is a bit different um, because I've been wanting to learn how to can and preserve food for some time now, at least a few years. So I consider it a skill that is valuable. Um, it's, a, it's a great food skill and I've been wanting to learn since 2017 or so. Um, and you know, when I think of canning and preserving food, I think of a hominess feel, I think of the art of it, um, I think that it can sometimes go horribly wrong if not done correctly. I think that it's also, you know, profitable if you want to, uh, make this into a business, canning and preserving food and selling it to others. Um, I also sometimes think it can be fun, um, because there's a growth uh, process to it and there's trial and error. Um, and as you get better and better with uh, your practice of canning, um, it can be really, really uh, not just marketable, but it's so much um, of a skill that I think will never really go away because you will always be able to feed yourself and to eat and you eat every day. So this is, is I think, a skill that is um, worth learning about and uh, knowing about, especially uh, as the weather gets cold, as it gets you know a little bit windier outside and you're staying inside and you want to experiment, you know, inside the kitchen and 
and learn new things. And who doesn't love, you know, learning new things? I certainly do. And uh, this is no different. For uh, those who happen to be of the older generations out there, um, or maybe have, um, you know, great-grandparents um, and great-great-great-grandparents, um, I think there sometimes is a separation between the generations because not not all the time the techniques and cooking skills are passed down and um, maybe there can be a revitalization effort um, on you know their behalf and have them teach those who are a little bit younger. I think that is something that would be great to come out of this episode um, to have people kick started into you know asking their grandparents and great great grandparents you know how to can, how to preserve food, how to pickle food, um, how to you know store food properly, and how to you know make recipes that you know stand the test of time. Um, I think this um, episode would be great for that, and I cannot wait to get started talking about it. So um, this you know topic I think will serve mainly as an intro to canning and preserving food, etc. But also it will help um, you know you learn how to safeguard um, against some of the dangers of preserving food that sometimes come along with it. So I named uh, this piece uh, Pesky Pickled Peppers and Being um, Beware of Botulism. So, you know, try and say that five times fast. (laughs) It's kind of tricky. But I want to start off with first, what is botulism? And um, there's a few things to, you know, learn about botulism. It's kind of a scary term. It's an old term. It is a term that is very, um, you know, close to the food industry for those who uh, know a, a bit about food and prepping it and storing it correctly, there's a lot to, you know, learn about botulism. And some of the things to learn are that it's caused by the germ, um, bear with me when it comes to pronunciation, uh, clostrum or clostridium uh, botulinum. Now, it uh, flourishes in uh, specific cases, uh, like um, for... Uh, the cases of improperly uh, stored foods, uh, like carrots, for example, that are canned or, you know, maybe another food. And the CDC uh, states that uh, botulinum uh, toxin, the toxin there, um, it cannot be seen or smelled or tasted. So that's a triple whammy. This type of germ is um, very insidious because you don't know how it's going to um, come about because you can't see it, taste it, or uh, go ahead and smell it. And even in small amounts, it is uh, said to be deadly. And you know, not every uh, food illness is related to um, that's related to pickling or canning or jarring, for example, is botulism. So there is uh, that factor there. So if you do happen to get sick from food, it may not be botulism, and sometimes. Um, you know, botulism can very much lead to death. So um, when you are preparing your food, just be wary of it. But there are signs uh, when it comes to uh, the effects of botulism. So some of the signs and symptoms of botulism include a number of things. 
Um, they include difficulty swallowing, a, a blurred vision, if you have blurred speech even, and even uh, something like muscle weakness. Um, a lot of um, foodborne botulism symptoms take shape at least six hours after eating the contaminated food uh, or as late as 10 days, so a week and three days, uh, signs can also show as late as then. And then within the period of um, 18 hours to 36 hours, um, that is um, very much when you can see the effects of botulism itself. That's sort of like the common period that people experience symptoms and uh, they experience those stroke-like uh, symptoms that I mentioned before. Now I want us to jump into uh, the next part, which is just the science of uh, cautious cooking, I, I, I'd say. So when it comes to uh, pickling and canning and storing your foods, um, and having them preserved, there is a balance, a sort of uh, uh, delicate dance when it comes to making sure your food is safe. And in that balance, there's the balance of bacteria, a bit of chemistry, acid, uh, food density, and that thickness there, and also pH levels. All of these things can either make or break uh, whether your preservation uh, sticks when it comes to the food. And then uh, another thing to you know worry about is E. coli. It's disgusting enough. We've all um, seen and heard reports in recent years about E. coli uh, outbreaks. And it's actually uh, really awful when it comes to food um, but when it comes to preserving your food and trying to because it's acid uh, tolerant. So things like vinegar are not going to go ahead and kill uh, E. coli. So to remedy that, uh, you will have to go ahead and boil um, the glass jar uh, that you're using to preserve your food and you, you can boil that uh, glass jar in boiling water, in the boiling water uh, bath. Now I wanna end with some uh, notable quotables and then we will uh, proceed. So as far as some notable quotables, I want to just uh, talk about with, with, um, with one of uh, or some of the few uh, quotes from uh, the information. So quote, uh, home food preservation is often the number one source of foodborne botulism, end quote. And quote, they have hundreds of recipes. If you stick to the recipes, you'll make the least risky mango salsa that's out there, end quote. So that last quote was in reference to the National Center for Home Food Preservation, or NCHFP, and those quotes were said of Ben Chapman. He is a professor and food safety extension specialist at North Carolina State University. All right, so when it comes to um, the topic at hand, I'm really glad that I gave, um, you know, the information when it came to it because I've always wanted to sort of dive into what botulism was because as far as I knew, I thought that it was something of, you know, European um, 
history when it came to food and it kind of is to some degree um, because of the way food was you know stored back then um, and then the plague and the number of people who were dying in the streets and just sick overall because of um, how their food was you know thus treating them and they got sick but um, when it came to the history of botulism, I looked it up and it's pretty um, small, you know, what I could, you know, find and, and that could, I could, uh, you know, talk about and, you know, not bore you all with details. Um, so back in, you know, the 1700s, so in uh, the year 1735, uh, there was uh, the first like recorded history of uh, botulism. And this was when uh, the disease was tied to consumption of sausage. Um, so, you know, these meated goods, these these goods that, um, you know, aren't so good for you, you know, health-wise aside, um, this was the connection there with botulism. And in 1870, John Muller uh, he was a German uh, physician. He actually derived the name of botulism uh, from the Latin word for sausage. So that's how uh, botulism, the name, uh, how it came to be, all because of sausage. Uh, next thing I want to get into is, um, you know, why I want to, you know, pickle and can and get into that. Um, I can't, you know, really wait to do it. I I don't think it's just like a bucket list uh, sort of phenomenon um, because I do love trying, you know, new and different skills. Um, I've mentioned before on the podcast that I've, you know, taken up embroidery and I've been embroidering since, um, I want to say late March uh, 2019 and I love it. I fell in love with it. It took me two weeks to learn how to do it by hand and I guess I'm an old soul like I love um, you know treasured uh, skills and I love um, doing things and really being creative and taking my time and you know these are great skills I think to have um, and I wouldn't say great skills even as just being you know a, a young woman but I think these are skills that uh, are are transferable, so I can you know teach my uh, future you know uh, family how to you know do these things for themselves, how to mend and sew clothes, how to embroider um, patches or different designs on clothing, things like that. And with pickling um, and with canning, I think it's going to be even more exploratory um, because even with embroidery, like you can you know have many many designs that you can draw up of. Um, and then put on a stabilizer or make them digital and, uh, you know, maybe use a sewing machine. And with um, the cooking uh, skills that you learn with canning and preserving, you are keeping food uh, for longer periods of time and you're, you're keeping them for a rainy day or a snowy day, um, whatever happens, you know. Um, you know, getting to the point where I maybe hunt my own food, that's a bit of a stretch, um, you know, maybe one day. Um, but as far as I know, I think pickling and canning food would be so, so fun. Um, fruits and vegetables, I love them. And I remember 
Um, I think back in 2017 was when I had, for the first time in a long time, um, pickled onions. And, you know, that vinegar taste was amazing. I love vinegar. I love salt and vinegar potato chips. Anyone who knows me knows that I love my carbs. I love my snacks. And, um, you know, that's what, you know, gets at me. And I love, uh, you know, just snacks in general. Um, and so when I had the pickled um, onions, I just love the just tangy bitterness of it and the uh, sourness. It was just amazing. And I was like, I need to create this one day. And it never left my mind. Um, and so for me, I think one um, task when it comes to pickling and canning and preserving, I do want to pickle onions and uh, canned fruit and make jams and preserves out of those uh, fruits uh, for jams and you know making that stretch. Um, I cannot wait to try it and when I do I will announce that on the podcast it will be a first. Um, I wish I could you know maybe share uh, my experiences of them in real time when it happens but I'll probably do it after the fact and make like a special podcast episode about it. Can't wait. And so that is uh, what I will do uh, in uh, the new year, hopefully uh, really, really soon though, and you know, get that experience started. Do you love Greener Thoughts? Supporting Greener Thoughts ensures more giveaways are available with even more exciting prizes future Greener Thoughts merchandise, and surprises found only on Greener Thoughts. I greatly appreciate and love all the listeners who have tuned in and who support Greener Thoughts by doing good for the planet. One of the many ways I would love your support is by clicking the second lower link in the show notes of this episode. It's the direct support link for Greener Thoughts. So we've come to the Mother Earth Minutes, which is where we review in the next few minutes actions that you can take to combat the issue in the episode, and as always, save Mother Earth. The message for this episode is that the rates of botulism in the EU are generally low, so this is a fact, and there are around 200 cases each year, so annually. That's about 0.03 cases per 100,000 people. And some of the uh, record cases of uh, botulism and being present are in Poland and Lithuania. So all my uh, Polish listeners out there, you know, if uh, you know someone who's you know been affected by botulism, the percentage is probably really, really low. Although um, the uh, information uh, that I looked at noted both uh, those countries, Poland and Lithuania. Now, I want to talk about uh, several different tips. And one of them, uh, I want to get uh, you um, acclimated with some of the uh, types of foods that lead to uh, botulism uh, types of outbreaks. And I also want to talk about some of the different types of botulism. So with the different types of botulism, there's um, adult uh, intestinal 
um, colonization uh, botulism, and then there's foodborne botulism, there's wound botulism, and there's and then there's also um, infant uh, botulism. Now, on this first tip, uh, some of the foods that have definitely led to uh, botulism outbreaks include um, meat products. So again, your sausage that we talked about, uh, and then cured ham, and then um, uh, canned or vacuum packed or smoked or even fermented uh, fish products is another uh, type of food. And then uh, vegetables, uh, preserved by canning or stored in oil. That is something to beware of. And then also, uh, also, uh, baked potatoes, honey, and lastly, cheese. Now the second tip here is to not feed infants, uh, honey, uh, and or, uh, corn syrup. So if they're less than a year old, do not feed them any honey or corn syrup raw. And so uh, for these reasons, it's because, you know, they don't have that gut bacteria to go ahead and process it. So it's just a no-go to not have any infant, again, uh, under uh, a year old, 12 months old. Um, they should not be having any honey or uh, corn syrup. Number three, number three tip is I want to talk about the uh, 10 foods just to never can at home. So the different uh, ways to uh, preserve food. There's so many uh, different ones I'll get to um, in a bit, but when it comes to canning food, uh, these uh, 10 foods are not to be canned. So the uh, first uh, food not to be canned is milk because it has a low acid level. Uh, number two is lard because it has fatness in, and also density issues. Um, and uh, number three is uh, refried uh, beans because they're too thick for heat to, you know, go ahead and penetrate them. Number four is uh, pickled eggs because they have um, some density issues when it comes to them. Number five is uh, butter and cream and the heat required uh, for trying to can those foods would make the food um, just totally inedible, so they're not really available to be canned. Um, and then number six is cornstarch. Cornstarch uh, breaks down acidic uh, mixtures and actually tampers uh, with uh, heat, killing pathogens, so it's not uh, a really good idea. Number seven is flour, and flour is actually really super prone to botulism, so if you're trying to can flour, it won't work. Uh, number eight uh, are nuts and cashews, and it's because they have an oily uh, coating that makes them prone to botulism spores. Number nine uh, is uh, meats and fish, so your uh, meat and fish uh, products out there, they're also too oily uh, to can correctly. And then last but not least, uh, number 10, um, our purees, again, these are part of the list of foods to never can at home. Purees are too gelatinous to uh, can correctly. Uh, and then even if, you know, before you've been able to somehow can uh, these food, food products, that doesn't mean that they're safe to do so now. So I wouldn't risk it, you know, trying to can these food items. You know, I don't want anyone getting sick 
or anything bad happening so it's probably not best to try it a second time and try to can it and then uh, the fourth uh, tip I have is when it comes to checking you know if food is safe and it's not um, you know contaminated with uh, botulism spores what you can do is check for discoloration or any unnatural uh, look to uh, the food there, any mold or cloudiness or bubbling liquid. Those are definite signs to chuck the food and just throw it away. Also, if it smells awful, you can go ahead and toss it. Um, that is usually a telltale sign. Number five tip is uh, when it comes to uh, canning details, you can go ahead and check uh, them. Um, specifically, you can you know just find out where um, the recipe came from. So um, the recipe recipe that you use for canning, um, you can find out where exactly it came from. If it's reputable, if it's trusted, if you got it off the internet somewhere, if it's if it's not something that's reliable then maybe you should just not use that canning recipe again. Also, you can uh, remember when you canned your food. So it's great to put those dates on the bottle or the can so you know when exactly and how long you've had that shelf life uh, for that canned item. And then lastly, uh, you can uh, figure out uh, how uh, it was made. So what process did you use in canning the food so you can you know learn how to replicate that or to stop it altogether especially if the results uh, weren't uh, to your liking I, I will go ahead and put some uh, resourceful links about how to can and store food uh, how to preserve it for a longer time and they will be amazing assets for anyone who's interested uh, again in uh, learning food safety um, there's just so many resources out there, so I'm going to put them in the resource, um, you know, links for you all, and I'll have that also in the show notes. The sixth and last tip I have for you is to, you know, just know the total ways, the uh, 12 uh, total ways of preserving food. So the 12 uh, different ways that are out there of preserving food, they're pretty simple. Um, the first is uh, drying, so you can dry food. That's a perfect way to preserve food. Then there's jugging, uh, jellying, so making your jams and um, fruit spreads. Then there is uh, sugar, so sugaring uh, types of foods and keeping that for longer as, as well. And then uh, the fifth one is using a root uh, cellar for uh, storing your food items. And then potting. Freezing, which is a uh, invaluable one, you know, who doesn't love to freeze food? Uh, pickling, salting, and lastly, uh, or, or number ten is smoking. So smoking your food, and then number eleven is a vacuum sealing food, and then a uh, number twelve, the last one is canning your food. fact of the day is that diabetes has been reported in horses, ferrets, and ground squirrels. In environments where animals are liberally fed, 
diabetes has been reported in dolphins, foxes, and even a hippopotamus. That fact was sourced from factretriever.com. Greener Thoughts wants to hear your story. You can self-nominate or nominate an individual who exhibits environmental stewardship and protects the environment. If you volunteer in or work in an environmental company, either way, let Greener Thoughts know. If you want to tell your story and be in for a unique surprise, please send me a voice message. Just click on the third lower link in the show notes. So we've come to the amazing part of the show as well, the Eco Company Spotlight, which is where I uh, talk about you know amazing uh, companies that have amazing products, uh, environmentally related products and services. And if you by chance have a product that you've created and would love to, co- of course, uh, share. Uh, information about it you can go ahead and let me know uh, and I will of course review it Um, I do of course review all these products free um, and I love uh, talking about the goodness of them and one of the the latest uh, products I have to talk about is uh, chimes so chimes ginger candies are magical uh, in delight with their fruity flavors uh, timeless simplicity of trio um, of their real ingredients and also uh, since uh, creating their uh, sweet treats uh, all the way back in 1935 they have no plans of course of stopping yet so as far as their commitment to sustainability they have a lot going for them and one of the first things is their solar panels uh, at their uh, headquarters and it's with that it saves 730,000 pounds of greenhouse gases annually so every single year and also they uh, number two uh, are really great with keeping the recipes free from a lot of junk such as artificial flavors and colors and preservatives so those are horrible ingredients that they do not have in their products they're also gluten-free vegan and also non-gmo verified now some of the many uh, different uh, things and products that uh, chimes has is their sweet and awesome chimes ginger chews for them they have tons of different flavors they have original they have peanut butter they have peppermint mango which is my favorite and they also have orange and then they also have toffee they have their toasted uh, coconut toffee uh, and then their their coconut uh, chewy toffee which is really good really good and then their uh, coconut hard toffee so any uh, toffee lovers out there you would definitely love uh, chimes now when it comes to chimes and my experience of uh, chimes I first bought them uh, in one of my uh, trips to uh, New York uh, City and I was driving there to New York City for a major political uh, event uh, by myself and I went there and it was amazing fun time 
uh, it at the event. And so I bought it uh, going uh, north um, from Maryland. Um, and I bought it from a gas station, I believe. So uh, somewhat closer, I think, to Baltimore or maybe past Baltimore. Um, and I first purchased them back in 2016. And I remember buying them also um, in November 2017. And I haven't stopped since. Um, and I love buying them just all the time, especially when I want something sweet. Um, and I just fell in love with their, of course, fruit flavors. Now, my favorite, though, is uh, mango. I will always uh, be in the mood to buy their mango uh, ginger chews. Now, um, for me, I love the old-timey feel. I really love uh, nostalgic products and giving homage to the olden days and how things were. So you'll see their packaging um, usually in one cohesive um, print and it has just an old-timey good feel. So, you know, those old uh, stitch-like stitch, stitch -like, um, drawn, hand-drawn pictures, um, the wording. Um, is very amazing. You know, the flavor uh, that they put into their product with their ginger chews, their mango uh, ginger chews. I love it. You know, I love my fruits. I love mangoes. Um, and I love that uh, they put so much care in their uh, ginger chews. They put the uh, powder uh, on them, the tapioca starch powder. They have that flavor of that, those mangoes that just goes well. If, if anyone who loves mangoes, you know um, that you love authentic uh, mango flavors, which they have. Uh, for me um, and for many others, I think they can say that Chimes uh, Ginger Chews are also really affordable. So uh, most times you'll be able to find their bags, uh, their ginger chews, etc., for uh, $2 or less sometimes, depending on where you find them, like on eBay, which I'll get into a little bit later, and also sometimes closer to the $6 uh, end. So um, that would be like $2 a US dollars, and then also to the range of uh, 6 uh, US dollars. So um, you can uh, find their products in many, many stores, and you can go ahead and contact Chimes by calling 626-610-1388. You can mail them at 389 North Humane Way, uh, Ponoma, uh, California. And then their uh, zip code is 91768. You can also uh, contact them via their contact form. Now, when it comes to Chimes products, they can be found online in several different places. And one of them is www.chimesgourmet.com. Uh, also, they're available on Amazon.com, eBay.com, iHerb.com. That's I-H-E-R-B. Uh, R-E-I Co-op, they're available in. They're also available on Sprouts, uh, Farmer's Markets or Sprouts Farmer's Market, Target, um, also uh, the Fresh Market, and also available at Total Wine and More. Um, also, they're in Walmart, Walmart stores and also Whole Foods Market and um, also worldmarket.com uh, and many, many other stores, uh, of course, big and small. 
across the country where available. Chimes is on the following social media platforms of Facebook at Chimes Ginger Chews and Organics. They're also on Instagram at Chimes underscore Gourmet. They're on LinkedIn at Chimes. They're on Pinterest at Chimes Ginger. And they are on Twitter at Chimes Ginger. To reach out to Chimes, you can go to their website specifically and at their link uh, to contact them. That will be www.chimesgourmet.com forward slash contact to call or or mail them or to send them a uh, message. Again, I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening to this episode of Greener Thoughts. Um, I'm really glad that even though I am uh, busy traveling for work, I am still able to uh, squeeze in time. Um, Of course, maybe not on the schedule uh, that I usually uh, do things, like on Sundays and Thursday, though I am uh, making that effort and I, you know, am so thankful and happy. Uh, that, you know, there is some consistency with those who happen to listen and know that I'm not going anywhere, um, even though uh, some of the um, the catalog of uh, episodes is uh, somewhat, um, you know, not on the uh, schedule. It usually is, but it will, of course, get there uh, very soon, hopefully. Um, I hope that all those who, you know, learn new things about botulism take that wisdom and that knowledge to others. Um, And you can, of course, you know, share this episode with someone who, you know, is interested in preserving food or uh, learning how to cook different things um, and store food, you know, in different ways. You know, there's so many things to learn even more um, about botulism and about food safety. And I really hope that this Uh, episode really um, empowered you to, you know, learn more about, you know, what you're, you know, doing with your food and um, what you're putting in your body, um, staying safe. And also, um, you know, just want to let anyone know who, you know, hadn't heard of Chimes Ginger Chews that they are amazing. And I really hope that you go ahead and try them for yourself. So you all take care until the next episode coming up soon. But until then, you all stay safe and, of course, happy holidays. Take care.